everyone, and welcome back. It's Julie Bates with the podcast, Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 222. And in today's, I'm going to take a little different tact on this. I uh, am going to talk about the older dog, the dog that's going into uh, retirement. So whatever their life has been, you know, through all of their active years, whether they're a competitive dog or an active hunting dog or just a very active family dog that's always participated in a lot of things. And then when they start to reach an age when that's not exactly what they're, they can, they can't do that as well. And maybe you've gotten a younger dog that's going to come in and take over, you know, hunters particularly do that. You got to bring one in before the older one gets too old so that you don't have a couple years of no dog that's viable for that. <laughs> so the, the older dog in retirement and you know, for some people, they they can really gracefully handle that. And for others, it's a difficult thing to know exactly how to handle it uh, in the best interest of, of the dog. Because the dog usually has absolutely no interest in retiring whatsoever. They still think that they're four years old. And like a lot of us that are getting older, and, you know, you just, well, at least me, I never think, I don't think there's anything that I can't do. And eventually that's probably going to happen. So I understand these dogs, you know, that, that just think, no, come on, let's load and go. I'm ready. And they don't realize, you know, they don't even think. They're just not programmed to go, no, wait, you know, my elbow's hurting. I think I'll just stay here. They, they just don't tend to do that. And this is for our competitive guys, our hunting guys, and our really active uh, family dogs if they've been really active. If they've had a life that isn't real active, then continuing into their elderly years, not being very active isn't gonna be much of a much of a thing. But I just wanna talk about uh, some thoughts about this for because if we're lucky, we all get there. If we're lucky, we get the dog that stays with us, stays healthy, stays viable, you know, until they get into their later years. And that's, that's you know, that can be sometimes a real challenging time. So I'm not a vet. I don't give veterinary advice. I don't pretend to know any of the things that vet knows. So I understand that. I'm not speaking from that point of view. I'm just speaking from a, a user of dogs for all of my life and, you know, just the experience because there's more than just um, the health aspects. So when the dog and older for different breeds is different. When, uh, when we had great Pyrenees, two of them, and one of them lived her full life. Uh, but my breeder had said, you know, she's only going to live to be 10. You know, and of course, I'm thinking, not if I own her, she won't. She'll be. And she lived till she was 10. So apparently for a lot of the very large breeds like that, you know, they do have kind of a lifespan that in generally, uh, generally applies. And for those of us, you know, this is called the Pointing Labrador. So I'll talk about retrievers in general. Uh, well, not all retrievers, because depending on your the size of your gene pool, that really affects it. Because I know some of the other fluffier retriever breeds have a smaller gene pool, and so are, are, can have more of the of the problems, the cancer problems and other kind of stuff that does not help for a long life. So I, I'm going to talk about a little bit more. Maybe just I can speak with knowledge about the labs and stuff. Now that said, I know some 15 year old golden retrievers, you know, and I've heard of 14 and 15 year old uh, flat coats. 
So I know, you know, it, they can do that. A healthy lab that doesn't have any congenital problems, you know, wasn't, that was from, from parents that didn't carry, you know, known problems along with them. And that doesn't mean you still don't get them because that's how nature works. But those dogs can live from 12 to 15 years. They can. Um, but things change just like they do with us. Things change. So not only except in their heads. <laughs> then they're just like us. They're like, no, 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 I can do all this stuff. So a lot of things need to be taken into account. So one of the most important things is <clears throat> for longevity in a dog in general, then they need to be healthy as young dogs and as adult dogs. So if you've allowed them to be inactive, overweight, uh, and overweight, just like it does with people, causes a lot of joint problems. It just does. I'm not, you know, that's not like my thing that I'm after everybody about. But it's just if you just do a, a, a physics breakdown, you have exceeded design capacity of the dog when they have to carry a bunch of extra weight. And when you exceed the design capacity on those feet and ankles and knees and elbows and hips, then there are problems. So if you have problems, if you allow those defects to begin to occur and grow and become sustained, then an older dog is going to have a lot more problems. So we're not talking about younger dogs, but I'm just saying you want to go into the older ages on these dogs uh, with a healthy dog and a, a dog that's fit and a dog that is not carrying weight that it doesn't need to carry. And I don't know why that seems to be very difficult for some folks, but if, you know, in loving your animal, make sure that they, uh, they are what design intended and they don't exceed their design capacity. Because going into older age, just like it is with people, that induces so many problems. I mean, dogs get diabetes now and all kinds of stuff. You know, that a lot of it just is not, is not necessary. So as dogs are going into their older age, I have found, again, I'm not a vet, so I'm not giving that kind of advice, but I have found that if one, if they're fit, if they are used to activity, if they, and not just four hunting trips a year and the rest of the time they sit on the back steps, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about activity and not running and chasing the other dog around the backyard kind of activity, but literal fitness. That is really important. And when dogs can go into their uh, senior years, they can go into them fit, then they can sustain a level of fitness. Um, they can't be like they were when they were four, but they can sustain a level of fitness that would be very surprising uh, to people. Really, that dog is 11 years old, you know, is it bouncing around because, and a lot of that, some of that's just genetics, but a lot of it is inherent. There's not just this, but one of the big components is that fitness. And I want to make sure people understand what fitness is. It doesn't mean that you go out and throw 50 balls for it in the backyard and call it good. Because that's just a bunch of little wind sprints, mindless, and never mind the mindless aspect of that. But it's just a bunch of little wind sprints, which is not good on older dogs with joint problems. You know, just like you don't see a bunch of 70-year-olds out there playing a lot of rugby. 
uh, because it, you know that's just not going to work. And so we, you got to go from the rugby back down to the you know playing golf and and maybe you know it's a little bit of tennis or something. And you've got to adjust what the dog is doing. So crazy frenetic activity is not fitness, but something that is sustained that does not do damage to to the joints, does not put stresses in directions that you don't want. You know a lot of cruciate. Uh, injuries. If you get one, you get another. And that's because when they favor one leg, then they stress the other one. And so you get injuries that way. And when you're doing a lot of crazy uh, shucking and jiving and sideways and turning and torquing, you know, that's not how most four-legged animals are designed to move. They're designed to move in a forward motion. And so exercise, in my opinion, should be very much a forward motion with an elevated heart rate, but not too much and sustained and that sustained thing people is part of fitness it is for, of course for us and it is for animals if you go out and do some wind sprints and call it good there was never any sustained stuff you have no endurance so then when you go and take them hunting and they go out there 200 yards and they're winded because you have never established any sustained fitness on these guys so now to do that requires that you go do that. That's, I know, usually where we have a problem. And it would be good for you to go make sure your dog gets sustained fitness. You know, the, the big half hour, 45 minute hour walks with them. That's a sustained fitness if they're not running all crazy chasing everything. So that is, I think, one of the very key things that you wanna have going in. If they have had injuries or if they have some, some defects, you know, whether it's a hip thing or a foot thing or a knee thing or whatever, then you have to adjust that. It may be swimming. They may, may need to swim when swimming water is available. Um, if they can't, if the compressive stress of, of running on the ground or even just trotting on the ground is too much, you can still swim. And now anymore, you know, in the cities, they have dog places where you go swim them. So... And on an older dog, just like on older people, swimming is very, unless there's some specific injury that does, the swimming motion causes a problem, it is a such a great activity because you do elevate the heart rate, it is sustained, and nothing, there's no compressive stress on anything. And so your injury thing is far, far less. So, but again, it takes effort. You got to get out there and do that. And that's part of loving an animal, right? Not just giving them treats at dinner but that's that's the real love of an animal is doing that because that's what's in their best long-term interest and they'll feel a lot better and it, that stuff is important so you want them fit every day of their life and you want to fit going into their senior years and then you want to maintain that fitness through their senior years that is huge just like it is with us now there's another side to this that is equally important to the physical side. And that is the mental side of this. And it's because, it you know, it's kind of a joke. We all laugh at our old dogs that, you know, they want to go out and hunt till the day that they can't do it anymore. If you're going to go out and have a training session throwing marks, man, they want to be in on that. And some of that, you know, that's a lot of wind sprint type of stuff. That can be very demanding. It can be extremely demanding. So when you don't let them participate in the passion of their life, um, it would be the same as if that we did that to you. 
you know, of all of your life, you love to um, play golf. That was your great thing. And then suddenly, you know, you hit a certain age and we said, you know, no more golf for you. You know, it's just too hard for us. It's too slow. Then we have to hit a golf cart because you can't walk. So no more golf for you. That would, the, that would be uh, a very crushing thing. Because this is the thing where you derived a lot of, of meaning and a lot of pleasure and a lot of reward and just personal satisfaction. It was part of who you were, was to go out and, and play golf all afternoon. And if somebody has decided that it's just a little inconvenient for them now because of the golf cart thing and how much time it takes and all that, basically they just said, yes, and you're not important enough anymore, so please get out of the way. And dogs take it the same way when it's like, well, I'd love to take you hunting, Fang, but nope. You know, you just, we can't do it, and I can't wait for you, and I don't want you barking in the car or whatever it is. So it's important to understand the psychological aspect of this on our dogs. So when they've had these great passions, whether it's training, whether it's hiking with the family, whether it's going fishing with you, or whether it's hunting, uh, whatever these things are, these meaning, these, these jobs that we've given them in their lives, okay, they still think that's their job. They still derive a great deal of pleasure from that and value. You know, oh, good, I get to go do the thing that I'm here to do. So a lot of times you've got to come up with some ways that you can um, at least include the dog in some way. You never, you know, I, I am, again, I'm not a vet, but I would never take a dog that did, was physically, you know, they, maybe they have arthritis, you know, maybe things hurt when they go very long and then they can't get up in the morning. You have to use really good judgment to not overdo that. You know, to say, I'm just going to go let him hunt because, you know, he won't be able to hardly move tomorrow, but that it's worth it to them. I, you know, that might be a little bit much because on those older tissues and bones and joints and stuff, you might be doing some damage that you wouldn't have done if you let them overdo it when they were five years old. So you really have to kind of be judicious about that. Maybe, you know, if you're an upland hunter, take them out to block, you know, and get some retrieves in so they're a part of it. If walking through a, a, a steep, a heavy, CRP field is just too much to get through that, then have them block. There's a lot of things you can do. Take them along, walk along the side and let them be out there. Maybe you can encounter a bird. Maybe you can shoot it. Maybe they can get some stuff. But before they get, no matter how much they love it, this is where you got to come in and be a good dog dad, right? Or mom. And you got to say, all right, we're going to put you up, water you for a while and let you rest. And we'll do the other dogs or the other dog or something. And then we're going to come back and we'll get you. There's a lot of ways that you can incorporate them into what you're doing so that they are still a part of it. And they aren't going to like it because you're not turning them loose like they were a three-year-old again. But they're a part of it. And they're important. And you give them the time and the attention. And that mental health right there. You know, is it could be the difference between a dog that's just decided there's no reason for me to stick around anymore and one that says, man, I'm still a part of the game here. I'm still important. I got that young whippersnapper, but he doesn't know what I know. And that's a real important thing to get in there. Now on the, the food thing, and again, I would defer to 
sports veterinarians. I, uh, sports veterinarians. Just like defer to a nutritionist if you're going to go be in the Olympics who is does nutrition for athletes. And I think on our dogs, most of us, well, I think all dogs should be athletes. So I would go to, I would get information on food uh, from people who understand performance and athleticism in these dogs. Not just whatever's the cheapest at the grocery store or has the coolest looking wolves and platypuses on the front of the, the bag. But get some real good information because as dogs age, get them no vet. You don't want the high protein dog food. There's things that happen in there that you really don't want to, you know, don't want to use. And so make sure that when you're feeding your dog, you're doing it on a very um, informed level. You know, if your dog may have uh, some allergies, they may have some, you know, likes and dislikes. They may have things that work well with them and don't work well with them. But you'll often find, and I, you know, I state this one strongly. All the digestive problems that dogs have nowadays are far more psychologically induced than physically induced um, because people aren't paying attention to the psychology of their dog's life with them. But so if, you, if you're one of those where there's all these stipulations on the diet, I can't address that, but a really well-balanced dog tends to have far fewer digestive problems than those that, you know, are in a kind of not the most healthy environment so make sure that the food that you feed them one the volumes the amount is appropriate so that the, the our senior dogs remain slender that is so important and that they are getting food that is suitable for an aging digestive system that no longer has the extreme demand on it of fat and protein that it, we did when they were younger that helps a lot particularly folks overfeeding your dog you might you might as well just beat on them it's the same thing it's abuse as far as i'm concerned an obese dog is a, an abused dog because somebody feels good feeding them and their health is just going to heck on that so make sure and older dogs really should be slender they really they don't need with weaker joints and weaker everything tendons and cartilage and worn out stuff they don't need to carry any more load than they need to. So that's, that, you know, that's important. So make sure the food you feed is got the right makeup for an aging dog and is fed in the right amounts with the aging dog. Now, another thing I'm going to say with this, and this is probably because I've been a, a dog trainer all my life, is in this, this dog's life, because it's a senior citizen, does not mean that it's rotting away. You know, just like older people are not just, let's get out of our way, you're no longer useful to us. That's ridiculous. Our society's kind of that way, but a lot of others aren't. And our dogs, when they get older, they still, um, they again, they still think they're all there. So in addition to keeping their fitness and feeding them appropriately in all ways, to give them a sense of purpose and challenge also. Now, I think dogs should have some sense of challenge every day. Whether you can still train these dogs in whatever it is you do, you can still, you still interact with them on a daily basis. So you can put challenge and, you know, interesting things that you guys do together in your daily life. You know, when they get older and they know stuff, you know, teach them to, teach them to uh, bring you your uh, boots. 
You know, teach them to take your kid's laundry and take it out of the laundry basket and throw it on the floor. You guess all kinds of stuff you can do with these dogs to teach them some stuff so they still, they still feel like they're a part of things. That's important. People don't, you know, it's just a dog, right? Now he's not, we got a younger one and all my energy goes into that one. I would not make that mistake if keeping that dog around in a healthy sound, you know, participating in your life way, that stuff would be real important. Now, uh, uh, the final piece of this that I want to talk about, that's probably not for everybody, but when older dogs, senior dogs, and you know, I don't know, that could be different ages for different dogs, but when senior dogs uh, begin to experience the joys of being old, which can be a lot of things, and probably I don't know all of them, but they don't feel the same way all the time if if they've been used a lot had real active lives or have a little bit of a defect or something they may have a foot you know with a funny toe so there may be you know some discomfort they may have you know just hips that get real stiff or they may have depending on what their life has been or you know how fit they are they can have some alignment issues um, very common I, I'll bet you that that happens more than it doesn't happen alignment issues in their shoulders in their spines in the in the necks in the hips literal alignment issues and just imagine if you I don't know a lot of I've heard people say oh I don't believe in chiropractors I don't think people do that anymore you know I personally have been had uh, chiropractors make a huge difference I don't go all I don't I haven't been in years but a few times when I needed that it was really important and I have seen dogs change in a day when there was an alignment issue in their maybe somewhere in their spine that actually made them put more weight on their shoulders and front legs and so then their their elbows and uh, everything up front is getting an extra they're exceeding the design capacity on the front because of an alignment thing in the back and of course the vet's going to diagnose the shoulder deal and we have soft tissue injury all this stuff because of the alignment thing so older dogs probably have that i'll just say that and if they've been really active it's almost for sure that they have it sometimes it's not a big deal but sometimes it is and if you watch an animal move which you know not very many people really do if you watch an animal move then pretend that's you pretend that's you when you you know got carried away in the pickup basketball game yesterday and now when you get out of bed it's like whoa whoa lower back lower back if somebody were watching you they could see that right even if you said nothing if you got up oh favored that a little bit stretched out oh golly i'm gonna have to maybe take an advil or something if somebody could watch that they could see he's there's some pain he's having some discomfort there's something that hurts when something hurts that's your body's way of telling you something's wrong and it's the same thing with dogs. That's why you don't just throw Remedil at it and ignore it. So if you can watch an older dog, like, like it was you, many times they will tell you that something is, is very painful, that there's pain somewhere. Now dogs tend to be stoic 
And you know the retrievers? Good Lord. You know, most of them, you could sit there and do surgery on them with nothing and they would just let you because they're just so willing and agreeable to do whatever it is you think is important. So if you want them to get up and go outside, they will. But I'm asking people to stop, pay attention, and look at that dog when it gets up. Is it the front end that's having the hard time? Is it the back end that's having the hard time? Is it somewhat undefinable? Again, those alignment problems, that's often how they manifest. It, you know, it's undefinable, and so then it's a soft tissue injury, and people throw uh, painkillers and all that stuff at it. it, and it there may come a time with an older dog where a painkiller is all you've got. It's the only option. But it's certainly not the first option. And people need to understand that these alignment problems transfer they are very mechanical this is a mechanical body and so when something's wrong in the back quarter on the right side it kind of shows up on the front quarter on the left side because of the stress and strain so again to have a vet that understands that kind of thing or to have access to a chiropractic vet they are priceless sometimes i they can change the life of an older dog by just getting things back in the right place so you're not all uncomfortable from that but the only way you're going to notice that is if you watch that dog just put yourself in the dog's shoes you know wow does that are they when they're moving more slowly there's a reason it's not like he's old that's how he is watch that and see if you can kind of find out what's going on and if you wind up using a vet, make sure that you look at this the way you should. This is a mechanical thing, and if you don't understand it, help me find a vet that understands the mechanical makeup of this dog and how it works so we can look at that. That is a monstrously large problem in older dogs that is very often overlooked. And now yeah, it can be expensive, absolutely, and a painkiller is cheaper. But your choice, make sure it's an informed choice. Because many times you can improve the quality of an older dog's life by just making sure everything is where it's supposed to be and it stays there. And then you make a lot of effort to keep it that way. So there's the what they bring going in. You want fitness. You want as much fitness as you can have all the time if you really love your dog. You want to have, part of that fitness is they're carrying no more load than their design was meant to carry. Just straightforward. Make sure that they're eating food that's age appropriate for their activity level, their breed, and what the demand is. Age appropriate. Make sure it's an informed decision. And I'm going to say, let's don't get informed by reading the bags. You know, you can Google a lot of very good studies by, by not by dog food companies but by universities and stuff where they've looked at all this. You can, or a really well-informed vet that understands athletic dogs. Get some good information on that stuff. The psychology of this, include them like they were real. You know, whenever you get old, unless you already are, when you get old, you don't want people to suddenly just dismiss you because you're old or older. Nobody wants that. Do not do that to your dogs. Do not dismiss them. They're still all there. They still think they're like they always were. And so you're the one that has to use the judgment to make sure that they're doing what they should, but include them on physical activity, maintain their fitness. You'll never regret that. And make sure that you understand the psychology of them wanting to feel like they can still play the game. 
just like you will when you're that age. So that's another important thing. Um, take care of the psychology, take care of the fitness, uh, take care of, of um, the, the structure and the stability. These four-legged running animals, particularly ones that have spent a lot of time being very, very active, whether it's competing, hunting, both family, huge family trips, doing a lot of things. The, the, if you could just, if you've ever seen the skeletal structure that, my gosh, the stuff that's going on mechanically on there is so complicated and so complex. And when one little thing gets kind of funny, everything else begins, it just is a domino thing and it begins to affect other things. So if you're ahead of the game with your younger dog and you keep them that way, then you can kind of maintain that into the older age. But if one little thing goes wrong and, you know, things aren't as strong as they were, the bones are not as strong as they were, the tendons, all this stuff. So now damage is easier to, to happen, easier to have happen and faster. So again, that alignment and keeping them all in the kind of structure that they have to have is, that's important. And that includes my miniature wiener dog and giant the biggest of all breeds and our really active athletes so important so don't forget please don't forget to overlook that or overlook to take care of that one in the older dogs as well so that's that's today's i hope that's i hope that's useful because you know these guys they deserve such respect they've just given everything and they've you know put their heart and soul in everything they do and it's very nice to make their their remaining years with us when they began to be not quite as strong and not quite as contributing to everything as before to to make it give them what you'd want when you get to that point that's what i'll say give them the attention and love and the right kind of stuff so that their quality of life is truly good you're just petting them on the head not enough okay there's there are a lot more to these animals than just that so i hope that's i hope it's worth considering i, I love these guys and I know all you guys do, and let's just take real good care of them. So, happy hunting, stay warm and safe, and I will be back soon.